3: Coors Light presents Heavy Montreal, July 28th and 29th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau. Featuring Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Zombie, and Marilyn Manson.
4: A weekend of hard rock and metal with Gojira, Emperor, Under Oath, Hollywood Undead, and many more. Festival passes are on sale now. See the full lineup at heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco.
5: Hey, this is Lejean Witherspoon with 7Dust, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
3: Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast We have two great guests Well, actually three great guests We have Michael Wilton and Todd Latory of Queensryche And also Lejean Witherspoon with Seven Dust And Seven Dust has a brand new record out So make sure you go pick that up And support what these guys are up to Big thanks to Kevin for setting up the interview And yeah, well on that note Let's get into some brand new Seven Dust music This is Dirty. It's Mark Striegel with Talking Metal, and we are here in Midtown Manhattan with Lejon Witherspoon from 7Dust. How are you, man? I'm fantastic.
5: I've been going all day long with press. It's like a crazy press tour, but it's incredible to uh, go inside with May 11th with All I See is War, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, let's talk about that. The 12th studio album from you guys, which is coming out May 11th, All I See is War, and you know been reading that you had a, a nice experience a good experience doing this record can you expand upon that what made it so pleasurable the
5: producer elvis facette was an incredible energy to work with someone person i've wanted to work with uh for a long time and to to uh come into his home where the studio's at and him say would you guys like to stay here and I was the first man that's ever stayed in his house it just uh I, I, how can i explain it To go to bed at night from the studio and then go into this beautiful house and then wake up and do it all over again. It was just a certain thing, and Elvis had a certain uh, uh, respect for us that was really That I say I would love to work with him again in the future, over and over again.
3: And this was your first time working with him, yeah.
5: First time, but we've known each other, yeah. Like you know, and I've known his work, and has always said, "Hey, man, we need to work together." I'm like, "Yeah, we're gonna work together one day." And we always said, "Anytime we go to Florida, and for this chance to happen, man." And then I saw
3: why. uh, but it was it was it was meant to be. And how did you how did you first meet him? You said you known him a while.
5: Uh, just through uh, the guys in Termani, Uh right, okay. just coming through and yeah, and knowing his music, you know, and the bands that he's worked with in the past, you always knew who he was. And and then finally being able to be introduced to him. And then Elvis would show up at our shows at uh, in Orlando, like Earth Day, birthday. You he really yeah. never goes out a lot too. So it was really right. cool to see him out and. Uh, It was, like I said, it was an experience, man. i never, one day did I wake up and I didn't want to
3: sing with them. I always was excited about it. And what was so different in the way he approached things as opposed to other producers?
5: Well, you know, I'm not taking anything from other producers. They're all great. But Elvis, you know, he's a singer. He's a writer. He understands everything. I've never seen a producer work the way that he works in the studio as far as... I was this close to him, I was beside him, and the glass window was here, so I could watch him, and we could kind of feed off each other, and it was never where he wanted, hey, you should try this or do this, it was a respect of, that sounds great, uh, you like this idea, or, you know, it was just really cool, and he be approached everything with, uh, I don't know how to say it, it was just an amazing Thing I think I would recommend anyone working with him, they would love the experience. I think,
3: cool, cool. And as far as the the record goes, how do you compare this to other records? Do you feel like I mean, we've heard the two singles, they're currently out. We heard Dirty earlier in the podcast. Uh, Do you feel this is, um, you guys are stepping in a different direction musically? How do you compare this to what Seven Dust has done? I think we went
5: in, I think we went in, and I I really feel like we've grown, and you can tell with this. But uh, the one of the first things Elvis said was, He said, You know what? I want to get back to that old Seven Dust sound, right. but new. Yeah. And and that's what I think we did. I think we yeah. were able to get some of the, ding, 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 you know, the, yeah. the things that were familiar, uh, that young feel. Uh, and he was able to capture that. I think it was good for him to be there just to police it. Because I think, if anything, we probably would have wanted to go more obscure and abstract. Because right. at this point, you know, you want to pull all the bells and whistles out you can. Yeah. But that was what he kind of tamed us down and said, let's be you guys. And let's. Yeah. Let's do what we know, and it's, it's, gonna, it's different because you guys have grown as a band anyway, and that's what I think he was able to hone in, hone in on with us.
3: Now, talking about the band itself, for the most part, I mean, there's been a little deviation, but you guys have, have been able to remain the same core members mm-hmm. for so long. And nowadays, I mean, I go and see bands, it's like one original one member, year, oh and it's God. the drummer. You one know, band, and it's but... like, what over 20... Over twenty years, you guys have been doing this. What? How do you keep it together? Are I don't you guys? Know. You don't know, we love yeah. each
5: other, man. You know, we're brothers. I mean, yeah. days you got oh, that guy's a douchebag, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah, we're brothers. Yeah. It's going to be like that. Uh, I think that uh, we're destined to do this, and uh, I could never take it for granted. And right. we've been very blessed. And I think that we all kind of look at it that way. It's like. Uh, it's a job to do we 've grown up with these people, and i don 't say fans, I say family, and uh, the only reason we 're still here is because they have allowed us to be you know the, 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 the people the, the people who yeah man if support they, you yeah, guys, yeah. If, they, if they didn't want you know we wouldn 't be doing it you know we would have to probably just go go away or just be in one town somewhere you know
3: right. <laughs> but we 've been very lucky and when you think of those people the the, the seven dust fans and family yeah. and community, if yeah, it's you a will what comes to mind about these people? Because a lot of them, they're pretty hardcore. What comes to mind is
5: I was 21 years old when we started this band and I get to see people now. I'm 45 years old. I have three kids and I'm seeing people that have had kids and their kids have had kids and they're hanging out with us and it's like, I'm sorry your dad's making you listen to this, but right. yeah. <laughs> is it cool? And they're like, yes, it's cool. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to see and watch and right. go to these towns and and have a 20th anniversary tour that we did. I mean, yeah, yeah. and people that hadn't been around for 20 years came out. You know what yeah. I mean? And it was, it's, a, it's an amazing thing.
3: Yeah. For the for the first record, which I guess now is what, 20, 21 yeah. years yeah, old. Yeah, right? 21 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can't do the 20 year anymore. <laughs> so... Well, talking about the, tour, the the upcoming tour, you guys are, are about to go out, I believe, next week, right? Oh God, yeah. is it? No,
5: no, please not. Two not. weeks? Yeah, two yeah, weeks. What yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> It's like,
0: oh, I'm scared. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what, what can we expect? Is, uh, a lot of new songs in the set list? It, well, <laughs> you know, we'll wait
5: to put, you know, we'll probably have Dirty Out at the start. Right. And, you know, another, maybe not original, and then we'll wait for the second single before we start playing that. So right. it'll be a whole, but the set's completely revamped up and different, you know, when you have... 200 or something songs It's kind of hard To put a set list together But we got a new show And a new light show So we're excited About taking it out And, and rocking this tour With uh, Memphis Mayfire And uh, uh, Fire from the Gods Cool, Good. Mm-hmm. cool. So- And they're
3: label mates too Oh, nice. Nice. And what label are you guys We just signed in? to Rise Records. Rise Records. Okay, cool. Incredible venture.
5: Uh, it was very fun to be at this point in your career and start courting labels. And right. it's kind of like a bunch of girls liking the way I like to look at it. And you got to pick which one you want to hang out with.
3: So, <laughs> <laughs> we pick Rise. Right. Nice. Nice. Cool. Let, let's talk a little bit about you and, and your history. When you look back on this incredible career that you've had with 7Dust, are there certain moments or events that jump out as highlights
5: uh, Woodstock 99
3: Woodstock okay anytime
5: that we've gone overseas to uh... I'm sorry anytime we've gone overseas and especially what stands out to me is Afghanistan wow Iraq Mosul um places like that that we've gone over for the troops and uh those were amazing very heartfelt times I remember playing uh, a hub in Mosul And they had to take us in like a tanker thing with a gun, the gunnery, and they're like, "Yeah, these guys over here are supposed to be our allies." But a couple of our guys have gotten picked off, and we're like, There's a a medic with us, and we're like, "What are we doing here?" Right? And you all of a sudden we went into this hub, and there's only 300 soldiers or troops there, and they were called the Diablos, right? And they were living in this makeshift, blown
3: up building. This is Afghanistan, yes,
5: man. And we're there, and we're on stage, and we're jamming an acoustic set, and. They're looking at us like, what are y'all doing here? But thank you for being here. And you can hear bombs going off. And wow. Yeah, man. It was crazy. and That was kind of was thing. Was this through the, what, what is it, the OS? Yeah, OSO? Oh, yeah, yeah, USA, yeah, yeah, and then there was yeah. another company yeah. there. I forget who, Knight yeah. something. But yeah, it was kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. And we would go over and do it. Uh, man, we had a lot of crazy times and a lot of people that are incredible. Like uh, when we went to, finally went to South Korea, a few of the kids that were in Afghanistan were there. And oh, wow. So uh, I remember one night. We went all the way back, so we didn't get to play Camp Carol or Casey, one of the places that MASH was kind of spun from, Yeah, uh, and it was raining, so we didn't get to play it. So some kids that were troops that were in Afghanistan that hadn't seen us since then right. actually went AWOL, got in trouble, came back with us, stayed all night long, didn't check back in and just party because they felt like,
3: wow we're seeing a piece of home for a second. So we got right. a lot of
5: people in trouble. <laughs>
3: but wow, wow. What a good night we had. <laughs> wow. wow. And, and Woodstock 99. Now that ended for, for some, that was, were they, there were some riots. And, oh, I was uh, there. Yeah, yeah, I was on yeah. stage
5: watching the red hot chili peppers. They had the socks on the dinglings, Right. And uh, that was a little weird, but it was still awesome to see the band. I'd never seen it before. And I remember watching out into the crowd and all of a sudden a big fire. <sighs> right. Something, I don't know if it's a water thing but all I remember is like I felt like almost famous after I got to see the movie. But uh, right. they rushed everybody to the tour buses and said, You guys got to get out of here. Everybody's got to get out of here. It's going to be a riot. And when you're on your bus, you got to duck down. It was just, you know, it was wow. like the experience, it was so crazy. But I got to hang out with Willie Nelson on that day and on his tour bus. So it was real cool. <laughs> oh, nice.
3: Nice. Nice. Cool. What was your first concert? Do you remember your first yeah. concert? Was it a, a big event for you in your life?
5: Yeah, because I got to see New Edition and I'll be sure. <laughs> I just said that. Was, I right. Someone asked me that question earlier. And uh, it was at the Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. And what an experience. Right. And I'll be sure being from New York, right. it was weird. His setup was when he ran out on the stage, he ran out with like a whole force of New York. They were dressed like right. New York police officers. It oh, was right. really cool. I remember that as a kid. I had to be in
3: my early teens. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. And as far as your vocal stylings go, were there certain singers that meant, that were influential on how you sang? No, Did, all no, of them. All of them? All of them. From, like, who were some of your early... From Prince early, to Michael Jackson to right.
5: Stevie Wonder to, you, you name it, Thin Lizzy. Right. You know, uh, just, uh, everything, man. My, my family music was always around. When I would go to the farm, my grandma, big daddy and big mama's house... In the summer, it was nothing but country music because, you know, they had really? horses and they were country folks. So right. that was always cool, you know, and bringing that back home. And so my house now, there's all kind of music. That's what I like for my kids. I don't, you know, have to listen to just that. You listen to this. we Classical, we listen to jazz, R&B, you know,
3: everything. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do you remember the first time you guys got together and jammed? Do you have vivid memories have of that? Yep. I remember
5: yeah. when Morgan and uh, Vinny and John, they came in and got me out of was playing at this place i worked at on monday nights we just jam session and these guys came in and said hey man uh we'd like to kind of jam with you and we went down to this rehearsal space and
3: so they had seen you at an yeah, open mic we, night yeah, yeah but yeah, yeah we'd seen each other
5: growing up i used to have a right. band called body and soul at that time okay but we kind of kind of dismembered and i was just kind of jamming with a couple of guys on a monday night and they came in and said hey man we'd like to jam with you and we sat down and we had put two songs together and it just had a sound and i remember we Whatever the name's going to be, this is it right here. And yeah. we went out and actually jammed under the name Crawl Space. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> so we didn't have a name yet. And uh, jammed two songs at this place, Charlie McGruder's, and everybody went nuts because we were all and from Was that bands. an
3: open mic night? Type yeah, thing yeah, 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 and yeah. And we got up on stage and
5: jammed these two songs. They were heavy. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, black was one of them. It was the first song. Wow. Really? Wow, mm-hmm. wow. And everybody went nuts, and they were like, do it again. And we got on stage again, and we did it, but we switched the songs around. But there was only two <laughs> <songs>. <laughs> Crazy and Black, yeah. man. And from Good. then on, we were like... I guess we got to go back and write some songs. Cause we got a band, and they seem to like it, and that's what happened. And uh, Clint got in the band, and we sevened us.
3: Wow! And how how much later was it that the first record came out in ninety seven ninety seven? So yeah. when when was that first jam? The, the, you know,
5: I don't know. Was it that, ninety n- n- ninety six five? Like, yeah, so pretty, f- yeah, pretty fast, pretty fast. Yeah. Things move fast. Yeah, they move yeah. fast. Yeah, but actually, when TBT Records came to see us. They, uh, for the Gavin convention, they weren't there to see us. They thought it was a strip club, and we were inside playing wow. because we wanted to play. Even though we weren't in the Gavin convention, we wanted hopefully somebody to loop over and come see us, and that's what happened. And uh, I remember them giving us a card and said, TBT Records, we're really interested in you guys. And it took us about a year, and we
3: were ready, and then we came back and talked to them. We signed a record deal. Wow. I was 21 years old. Wow, cool. And through, through your career, you've obviously met a lot of rock stars, a lot of musicians and mm-hmm. artists that that are big time and famous. Who are some of the ones that you've really been starstruck by? Ozzy. Ozzy, yeah.
5: Yeah, but he was so cool, you know. It was, right. And, after the the initial oh my god, I can't believe we were touring with Ozzy. He actually Ozzy took seven to us. It was just seven to us and Ozzy on an Australian run, which was incredible. And we got to fly on the plane
3: the same jet. You guys did it. Ozfest too. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, did Ozfest, yeah, yeah.
5: yeah, back in ninety eight. That was great. Uh Ozzy's always been, you know, just bigger than life and then he was just so cool. Just, right. I remember running into him uh when we were getting ready to do the tour and uh I walked up, and I was like, hey, man, I just want to thank you. I can't believe we get ready to go out on tour with you. And he's like, yeah, 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 You know, so many people walk up to him, and I remember a security guard hitting him. He's like, that's LJ. I was like, he's like, oh, my God, LJ, come back here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, You know, it's funny, because right. he's just going through the moat, you know, ah, right, yeah, right. cool. I'm like, no, thank you. Right. So, yeah, and then Sharon's always been cool to us. And uh, Let's see, who else would have been Starstruck? I don't know. Maynard.
3: Mainer and the tool,
5: yeah, uh, that's because back in he was out on that Oz Fest. I was starstruck back then. Right. I love Perfect Circle, I love anything he does, but yeah, that's probably about it right there. Yeah, and then Metallica, no, I was a little starstruck too by then. Yeah. We we actually toured with Metallica, we did the Silver Dome with them before in Kid Rock. That was a good time for us, uh, yeah, but everybody else has been pretty cool and uh, approachable, and everyone's pretty approachable. I've never had someone that's uh, been a douchebag to me at all. Cool. I just don't. I
3: don't have time for those people. I don't want to right meet them. You know? <laughs> right on. And so you mentioned Tool. Are you, uh, a perfect circle has a new I, record coming I out. I love it. I love it. I love the
5: song. The single talk is it talk talk.
3: Well, there's um, doomed is one. There's, mm. there's like I think two or three. songs. Okay, yeah. Out there's, I've I heard iTunes. one. I love. Yeah,
5: yeah. But I, I love everything. And I could be a little biased because uh, three Libras and I'm a Libra. That's one of my favorite right. songs in the world. Man, sure. Maynard
3: is just a man. Cool. And do you expect uh, like. I mean, it's been so long since we had a Tool record. I mean, people are like, I mean, Maynard referred to it as a Chinese Democracy oh, yeah, yeah. too in an interview recently. Do you expect, uh, what do you expect from the next Tool record? I can't
5: wait. You know what's yeah. weird about this is you're asking about Tool, is I didn't realize it until like a year ago that the drummer lives in Kansas, Somewhere. Danny, I live, okay, yeah, yeah, I live in Oberlin Park, Kansas, and he lives somewhere. So I just thought that was very odd. Yeah, uh, that is odd. Yeah. A friend of mine said, yeah, man, I saw him at the strip club here. I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't even realize we had a strip club. I
3: was like, yeah. cool. <laughs> cool. Well, we are talking with Lejean from Seven Dust and the new record, again, All I See Is War, the 12th studio album is out. So you're doing this, this run, uh this tour, mm-hmm. initial run, how many months, are you, two months is that? There, six in, weeks. In six weeks. So I'm going to tell
5: you, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. So mm, 420, we play the first show with Five Finger Death Punch. Okay. And what's cool about this and co- coincided with the album is we do 18 headline shows in this six week run, but all the rest are the big festivals. Okay. So it's kind of cool, cool to be able to, to promote the album in front of all those people and do yeah. the Dirty, the Do Song, and what, then go back and do a headline show the what next What festivals night. are you guys doing? All the women, all those festivals. And we just got added to, uh, we just found out we're doing Aftershock in okay. October. So we're doing Carolina Rebellion, Rock Fest June 2nd, which will be the last day on the end of the tour. Yeah. Everything,
3: you name it, we'll be there. Right. Uh, are you doing Heavy Fort, Montreal? Or, uh, no, not that. Yeah, but okay. We're doing Fort
5: Rock, all right, that okay. Rockville, all those things.
3: Okay, very cool. Cool. Well, we're looking forward to the new record. All I see is war, seven dust. And yeah, thanks so much for speaking with us. Oh, I'm it's a pleasure. Metal.
5: Awesome, brother. Thank you very much. <laughs>
3: with some classic seven dust here on talking metal make sure you go support these guys buy all i see is war right now on amazon you can use our amazon links on the show notes for today's episode that's talkingmetal.com or talkingrock.net go use our amazon links to buy all i see is war by seven dust or some classic seven dust or buy diapers for your kid i don't care just go use our amazon links because that helps us out all right Cool, guys, and without further ado, I want to check in with my my brother, Ian McCurdy, who's currently out at the Kiss Expo in Indianapolis. I'm recording this episode on Mother's Day, May 13th, so let's check in with Ian, and then right after our little check-in with Ian, we'll, we'll go right into the Queensryche interview, which was recorded at M3 Last week, probably almost a week and a half ago. By the time you guys hear it, was recorded on May fifth. So here, I'm going to call Ian right now. We're going to talk, see what's going on at the Kiss Expo in Indianapolis this weekend, and then after that, we'll get into some some Queens right here on Talking Metal. And yeah, before we get into this interview, we're going to check in with the guy I did the interview with. Uh, He is Ian McCurdy, and you guys probably know him. He helps out Talking Metal quite a bit. And right now, on the day we are recording this episode, which is... Actually, what is the date? It is the 13th of May. Ian is out at the KISS convention in Indianapolis. Ian, what's going on out there?
1: Hey, buddy. Thanks for calling. Uh, Everything's going good here. I'm at the table with Robert Fleischman. We're working here, and... Selling some Robert Fleischman CDs and the Sky CDs and Mini Vincent Invasion CDs and, you know, 8 by 10s and things like that. and selling his prints. Uh, it's just really uh, a good, good, uh, good thing here. We're having a good time.
3: Cool. Well, you were with hey, me. Say hello
1: to the Talking Metal fans, Robert. Hey, Talking Metal. Hey, um, Robert. Pleasure uh, being able to uh, let you know what's going on here at the Expo, the Kiss Expo in Indiana. We're having a great time. Ace Freely, Bob Kulick, um, Eric Singer—we're all enjoying everyone's love here.
3: Awesome! Great to talk with you again, Robert. And busy out there. It looks like there's a ton of people.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy out here, man. It's okay. just like Ian's back. Uh,
3: <laughs> <All
1: right. laughs> yes, it's Ian back again. Sorry, okay. we're just we're we're really crazy here. It's got a lots of people. I just wanted just to have a moment to uh, to talk here. I'm actually our table is beside. Roman Roman Fernandez, sure. And uh, he's going to say hello to you a little bit, tell you what he's doing with the Bill of Coin Foundation.
3: Oh, cool.
2: Well, we have to- hey guys. How are you doing? Uh, so yeah, we're here at the uh, yeah we're here at the Indy Expo, the twentieth anniversary of the Indie Expo. And uh, as you guys may know, we're trying to get Bill of inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For those of you out there who are not here with us, if you would like to sign the petition, just go to inductbill.com. dot and that's going to pull up the petition page. All we need to do is get your name, get your email address, uh, send it off, and we're off to the races. So wow, every cool. name going to count. We appreciate your help, guys. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Is
3: this Mark? Yeah, this is Mark. Hey, is it... Mark. Yeah. Roman, how well, are you? Good... good to
2: talk to you,
0: sir. Yeah, great to I'm talk good. with good. you.
3: Good. Yeah, we had so much fun having you good. on that uh, Bill O'Coin special that we did. I think that was back in, like, January, I can't remember, but that was such a great episode. That was
2: some, something like that. So, yeah, thank you, Mark. No, I appreciate that opportunity, buddy. Thank, you. and oh, it's yeah. good to talk to you again.
3: Yeah, I know you're working, so so let's uh, let's yeah. connect down the road again. I'd love to hear more of your stories and and hear where things are at with the uh, the induction, um, uh, whatever are you, you know, yeah that you're trying to make happen. So let's uh, let's definitely connect again down the road.
2: Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mark. And here's Ian once
3: again. Okay. Okay, all, all right. right. So Thank yeah, you, Roman. yeah, we're jumping all around here. We got Robert Fleischman, Ian McCurdy, <laughs> uh-huh. and and Ro- and Roman Fernandez. Roman Fernandez. Yeah, so great stuff. Yeah, we the...
1: here at. Uh... Go ahead.
3: What is the vibe like out there, Ian? Like, I, you know, I I was with you in Atlanta at the Kiss Expo down there that Vinnie Vincent made his return to the the premier event of him returning. Uh, uh, Vinny Vincent is not at this. Expo, but you have all sorts of great people out there. Besides Robert Fleischman and Roman Fernandez, I saw uh, a live stream that right. John Astronomy Ostrowski put up of Bruce Kulick and Ace like doing pictures with the fans together. It looked really cool.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a great event, man. It's a lot of positive energy here. We got lots of lots of people like uh, Mark Slaughters here, and Lita Ford is here. And um, who else? Bobby Rock and Anton Fig. And actually, wow. there's going to be a Freely's Comment reunion tonight okay. with so, Anton Fig, John Regan, Todd Howarth, and Ace. Wow. So, and so, so do you have any out. word That's on like. Awesome.
3: Are they doing a full set or don't you really know?
1: I know two songs, but I don't know the songs, or I can't divulge that information. Okay. All right. Well. But but this will be is, posted uh, after the fact,
3: okay. All right, yeah, very very cool. Yeah. It is again May one 13th. Last thing, I'm yeah. here.
1: Yeah, one last thing. I'm here with my buddy Ron Whitmore. He uh, he's been doing these expos for years and years, and I'd love to just take a couple seconds to tell you the unique stuff that he has here. Okay. Here's, here's so, Ron.
3: okay. So, all right.
2: Hey, man. How's it going?
3: Good, Ron. So, you're a vendor at the expo? I
6: am. Yes, sir. Yep. Cool.
3: So, what what are you selling out there at the uh, Indianapolis Kiss, or what is it an expo convention what's the official name of this thing
6: uh i guess it's called an expo but it's basically right. i mean in the 90s they were called conventions and now they're called expos but uh, basically you know vendors um artists bands you know memorabilia um i sell mostly vintage you know 70s 80s 90s 2000s uh albums posters tour books photographs you know, eight tracks you know 45s nice. 12 inch imports uh, a few signed things but i'm not really a big autograph guy mostly uh you know where european pressings colored bottle from mexico colored bottle from france
3: let me ask uh, you how much is a kiss a track worth like if i had the gene simmons solo you know 78 album on a track how much would something like that go for
6: and they're really not worth that much. I mean, maybe ten bucks. You know, if you bucks, had right. one sealed, if you had one sealed, um, you know, maybe forty bucks, forty fifty bucks. But um, an open one, you know, you can find those. If it's well played, you know, five to ten bucks. If it's near mint, you know, you might be able to get a little more for it. But uh, yeah, eight tracks were fairly common. The uh, earlier ones had rare labels and stuff, different uh, pressings of them. Um, like the first three records, Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, Just to Kill, um, so some of those can go for a little more money. Uh, the originals, which was a three-album set that came out in '76, uh, they released on eight-track, and that's that's probably the rarest U.S. Kiss eight-track set to find.
3: Nice, cool, cool. So you sell this stuff those, online those too?
6: Can go, those can go for like a hundred bucks if you have, uh, you know, just the, just the two eight-tracks, and then if it has came with a booklet and some uh cards, uh, if you have those it could go for anywhere three four, five six hundred dollars if you have a complete sealed set so right on cool seal sealeds where the money's at with eight tracks, I mean, but there's if you want to play them and listen to them, you can pick them up they're not that uh hard to find you know five, ten fifteen dollars right, depending on which one you look, depending on which one you're looking for right on right on
3: cool man well, best of luck out there, it sounds like it's quite an event and uh yeah i guess if you hand me back over to ian we'll we'll sign off here from the kiss expo
6: okay man nice talking to you man have a good thanks ron
3: all right all right ian well it sounds like it's quite an event
1: and uh, i'm
3: glad robert's (laughs) out there right here man yeah
1: cool i wish you were here this was a really cool event we've got paul stanley guitars here we've got gene simmons basses you can buy them We've got all around here, we've got uh, replicas where people are hear the crowd. It's getting a little crazy because we're near the Eric Singer um, table now. It's getting kind of crowded. Oh,
3: Eric, uh, so Eric is have. there? Eric is there?
1: Eric is here. He's like five feet away from me, yes, but he's busy at his table. Uh, he's right next to about two tables down from us, and he's right next to the KISS replica uh, where you can buy a KISS replica and um, costume that looks just like it so uh they're selling all that stuff here and uh eric's here and he's selling uh his uh pictures and drumsticks and all kinds of cool stuff it's really it's really good to be here
3: awesome well it sounds like the kiss community and the business of kiss is fully represented in indianapolis this weekend you were out there working with robert fleischman and uh, yeah, man, sometime we got to find out if, if their plans with Robert and Vinny, uh, if those have materialized, I, I'd love to uh, talk with Robert down the road a little bit more about what's going on with Vinny Vincent.
1: All right. Sounds good, brother. Well, cool. uh, something's cooking, but uh, nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The, 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 the stew is being made, but that's all, all right. we can talk about.
3: I got you. Cool. Well, listen, we're going to right now get into our interview that you and I conducted on Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 2018, at the Great M3 Festival. You were helping out Talking Metal a lot that weekend, and I really appreciate all your help. And you actually sat in on this interview with me. It's with... Todd LaTori and Michael Wilton of Queensryche and wow what a great closer to the the 10-year anniversary of M3 and we were able to score this interview so we're going to get into that right now on the podcast and also guys I wanted to mention there will be a video version of this posted in the show notes on talkingrock.net or talkingmetal.com so if you want to watch Ian and I do the interview uh the camera is mostly on michael and todd although it does pan over occasionally to to ian and myself you can go to the the show notes on the website and i'll also post that video uh at that location but for you audio listeners of the podcast here we go this is ian mccurdy and mark striegel interviewing Queensreich at m3 2018 thanks ian
1: all right thanks buddy thanks for calling bye
3: We're good, Michael? Oh, okay, video. Here we go. If that's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Okay. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Mark Striegel and Ian McCurdy with Talking Metal, and we are here with Michael and Todd of Queensryche. Thanks for doing this, guys, and talking with us. It is the 10-year anniversary of M3. Uh, just a general M3 question for you guys. What does this festival mean to you guys?
4: Well, it means uh, a lot to us because festivals for bands that came... You know, from the '80s, there's still places to play. So, this is a, a monumental, uh, you know, concert, and we're we're happy to be included in this. And um, tonight's going to be really fun. We're going to give you a power-packed Queensryche show, and uh, you know, it's just a, it's something that's become an institution that all the bands want to play. You know, so it's a, it's just a great event, all in all.
3: Absolutely. And you guys are in the studio right now. How far along
7: is the third record with Todd? <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably more, I don't know, two-thirds of the way done.
4: A little okay. more than 2 more, more than that, yeah. Okay. yeah.
7: Yeah, I guess so. I'm actually flying back to Massachusetts to finish the last two songs on vocals. Um, I know that Michael and Parker finished all the, the guitar solos. So um, our engineer and producer, Chris Zeus-Harris... He's been mixing and, and kind of taking care of those things uh, while we've been on the road. So uh, we've gotten some updated mixes and it sounds really great. It's uh, really looking forward to people hearing that. Yeah, we're I mean, excited. You brought such life
3: to the band, Todd. I mean, you know, no disrespect the few records you did before with, with Jeff, but I've been so excited with the stuff that Thank you guys you. have done. Musically, Queensryche has, has hit different Stylistically different places throughout their career. What are we looking at with this record?
7: I would say that this album Still shows the diversity that one would expect from a Queensryche album. Okay, you know, there's uh, Aggressive um, things on this record. Um, I think that there are certainly more elements that are progressive in terms of thinking and um, playing Great. Um, some fun time signatures Um some vocal acrobatics, great rhythm and harmony guitars that you always expect from the band. Um, you know, Michael. Michael's written so many great songs, and um, it's been a little more challenging as the vocalist because he has such a unique way of writing um, that it um, it's not just 101 and very boxed in. It's it's very sometimes experimental. Right. And um, But I think that this album is definitely, you know, the direction that we hoped for. Um, you never know when you're in the demo phase and you're writing, you're like, wow, do we hear an album here? And uh, fast forward to where we are now, it definitely has a unified sound, but offers the, the dark and uh, You know, slower elements, also with the the very driving heavy uh, elements as well. So you're getting me very excited just the way you're
3: describing it. So, do
1: you say this is complements the two with before with you on vocals,
7: or is this more of kind of a departure where you want to go eventually? I I I would never say a departure. I would just say an evolution um, with me in the band and gelling with these guys. Um, But you know, it's been a lot of fun. It's been it's been challenging because of, you know, being on the road and things like that, but, um, you know, I think it certainly equal, equals or exceeds um, what I've been able to do with the band so far, right. and I think everyone would probably agree with that. We're in a, a, a new headspace, and I think the music represents that, so... You know, it's ours for now, but once it gets released, it's yours. Right. And so hopefully um, you guys like what we've worked very hard. We can't wait. And
3: obviously there's been a lot of speculation about the drums, who's playing the drums. Some people think maybe you're... Animal
7: from the Muppets. Yeah, okay.
3: There's been rumors that you play the drums on it, but I guess we just have to wait on that. You'll just have to wait and listen and, and see. And it has been five to 6 years now i think since you guys have been working together how has that working relationship and personal relationship evolved because obviously there's always that honeymoon phase when you first get together has has the relationship gone to a different place
4: i think so i mean with this lineup obviously with todd involved it's a, a shot of adrenaline you know it's he's got a lot of great ideas and he's not afraid to take chances and so we're not pigeonholed into writing a certain style. And, um, you know, we're at a point where the band is just cohesively bonding and growing as a band. Yeah. And that's what's cool about being in a band is everybody's personalities and just their talents melding into something that you don't know what's gonna, what it's gonna be, right? right. And that's, what that's what's exciting for me, you know, just seeing what the five of us come up with
7: right well and and to just rewind if i could you were very complimentary saying you know what i've been able to do for the band and you know the reciprocal from me would be that these guys have had this all along yeah it's just it's just now there's no there's no boundary there's no stifling there's no that's too heavy you know that that's my roots and I respect whatever they throw at me musically. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. I mean, Michael has vocal ideas and lyrics, and I have a guitar riff or an idea that I'll show him, and Parker, you know, everyone goes outside of their own, you know, instruments per se, and it makes it really a band effort. And I think that that's, that's fun when, when your ego can be shelved, and you say, hey, what's really gonna make this song the best? Hey, you know what about singing it this way? Well, let me try it. Right. You know, I'm I'm open to their suggestions, and they're very open-minded to my suggestions or anybody else's in the band, because ultimately we just want whatever is really best for the song. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about: is the music. And uh, you know, I I feel so thankful every day I'm in this band that that these guys. You know, Michael's the guy that found me and brought me into the fold and you know and so for some for a band like Queensryche that's been around so long to give the, the quote new guy the kind of um, freedom that I have I'm, I'm so thankful because I've seen other big bands where a new guy comes in and it's do it like this say it like that dress like this right and there's no you can't express yourself with these guys they let me be exactly who I am And I I respect and understand the legacy of the band, but also not being afraid to uh, inject what I think could be beneficial to the band in creating new music and things like that. And so it's really been seamless for six years now.
3: Right, very cool. And Michael, when I, you know, I recently went back and I was looking back through all those old Queensryche records, and it was funny because so many of the songs that were what I'd call heavy back in the day, you have a songwriting credit on on those songs is it fair to say that back in those times you were kind of the the person who drove the band into a a a heavier place if you were like more of a metal place
4: well i mean when we first started out we were pretty young right you know we were teenagers so of course we wanted the heavy aggressive stuff because that's what was cool um and uh you know i i still write really heavy stuff but it's just it's kind of ingrained in my DNA you know that's the way I write you know and I like it hard and heavy you know sometimes but you know I can you know I took classical guitar so I'm I'm, you know varied in my uh, guitar talents but you know for Queensryche it's it's whatever works you know so if it's going to be really really heavy it's going to be really really heavy you know it's not I'm not going to soften it up for Todd or anything you know it's like (laughs) don't do that to me
1: (laughs) So, but and I know that you were a fan of the band from way back. Were you the first album, or did you kind of pick it up? Like myself, I really discovered you all '86 um, opening for Ozzy, and I was like, "Who is this band?" And ever since then, I went back. But were you
7: earlier, or that about? So, um, uh, a friend of mine who um, was a, a mentor of mine as a drummer, because I'm a drummer too. Um, he he turned me on to the Mindcrime cassette, and uh, and then I I remember going to like a Specs music, and um, was it Specs? It was something like that. Anyway, and so I went to find Queensryche, and the only thing available was the Warning. So I bought the Warning, and that lived in my CD player in my car for literally almost two years. And that's that's you know one of my all time favorite albums. And uh, that that record to me, you know. So to answer your question, I started my crime, went backwards, and then you know, moved forward.
1: That's great. Yeah, just uh, I always loved Rage for Order; it was always my favorite, and that's it's where amazing. I discovered.
7: It's an amazing record, and we we play some songs off of that. I think we may play one off of that tonight. Um, but yeah, those you know, to me that was the Queen's Reich that I always loved, and so um, you know, I think on this new album. There are certainly, there have been times where we've said, wow, this is kind of rage-ish, you know, um, in, in the, the progressive nature in terms of thinking. You right. know, I think a lot of people, when they think of progressive rock or metal, they think of bands like Dream Theater, with it, where it's like very uh, complex time signatures and patterns. And that, Queensryche doesn't think of progressive music that way. We think of it as a thought process. Pink Floyd is very progressive. Right. Um, and you you would never compare them to a band like Meshuggah or Dream Theater or anything like that. Uh, Frank Zappa, very progressive. Um, so Queensryche is you know coined as a, a pioneering progressive metal band, um, but I think it's more in terms of the approach um, behind the music. More, whereas it's not so blatant with very abrupt time signature changes and things. We we always want to have a nice flow uh, to the music. And so, you know, I think that there are elements in the new album that are reflective of certainly the earlier, um, roots of Queensryche, but obviously
3: more mature today. Awesome. Well, it's exciting stuff. We don't want to keep you too long. I know you guys have a show and we want to be respectful of that. Um, real quick, Todd, you, you got, uh, some solo stuff you're working on. Is that correct? So I've been working on solo stuff forever.
7: Right. Okay.
4: (laughs) Um, We all have. We all have. You got some solo
7: stuff you're working on too. Well, (laughs) Michael had Soul Bender and Ratchet Head, and you know he's he's got someday. someday. He has hard drives full of stuff that the world hasn't heard. Um, Some of it becomes a Queen's song, but a lot of it is a different a different vein. More
4: than one thing at a time.
7: Right. Um, So for my solo stuff, you know, when this album is done being recorded. I will go back and start working on my own stuff um, when I have the downtime at home. um, And that'll be, you know, like I said, a a way more aggressive kind of a thrash, um, kind of Pantera meets Black Label, but with my vocal stylings. um, You know, not trying to reinvent the wheel, but I've got a lot of aggression and a lot of uh, things that I'd like to get out musically that um, it'll be fun. So, you know... It, it's still in the works. Nice. But Queensrÿche cool. is is always priority first and foremost, is right. always
3: first and foremost. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Well guys, thank you so much. We hope you have a great show tonight. Thank you, you are closing the 10-year anniversary of the Great M3 Festival, a festival that keeps alive this music that us fanboys just love and uh is a band that is still out there keeping it alive. So thanks to you, yeah. Michael, for especially for, you know, keeping the Queensrÿche brand and band going all these years.
4: Thanks a lot. You know, I, I appreciate the fans wanting to, to hear our music, so that's why we're here. <laughs> cool.
7: Yeah, and uh, you know, we've, the band has you know, steadily climbed our way up to being able to headline tonight, which is uh, we're very thankful to M3 and also to the, the people that I know there's online voting and polls and right. things that they use as some kind of a barometer litmus test, you know, and so we're very fortunate to, to be asked to come back um, regardless of the time slot it's always a great time and they've obviously done a lot with the venue since the last time we were here and so it's um, put it back together, the roof fell down it, yeah. well I mean, this, they're all new construction yeah. and it's, the facility is, is uh, top notch and, right. and we're very happy to be here Awesome, cool. A release date for the the new album has that has that been decided you know we yet? were yeah. we were shooting originally for maybe a september october ish okay. but um there is some talk about some possible bonus content and so we're in talks with uh, Century Media, our label, and so if that ends up being the case, it'll be pushed back a few more months okay, but uh, you know nothing catastrophic but um you know, we just want the best quality to come out. So if it's the beginning of next year, it's the beginning of next year. But we just want it's, to, it's been a couple few years since the last release, and we want to make sure that uh, everything is the way we want it. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much.
3: Screaming in Digital by Queensreich here on Talking Metal. A big thanks to Todd LaTorre and Michael Wilton for sitting down with us at the M3 Festival. Wow, what a great festival that is. Guys, if you haven't been to M3, you definitely gotta go next year. I plan to go every single year. And to close out today's show, let's end with one of uh, one of my favorite Queensreich songs of the, the past decade. This is Spore. Listen to this riff. God. I mean that's intense! What a great freaking guitar riff. What a great song, "Spore" by Queensrÿche, taking us out here on talking metal. Go support Queensrÿche with Todd Latore. So good, so good. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.